0: everybody and welcome to In It Together. My name is Jeremy Augusta. I'm joined by two people today.
1: I'm Emily Davis.
2: I'm Ellie Ostante.
0: And um, so much has happened over the past week, including two domestic terrorist attacks, both of which the president does not want to take responsibility for, although he may be responsible for both of them. (laughs) Um, The one that's coming to mind in particular was the second one where a Jewish um, Synagogue. synagogue was shot up, 11 people killed, if I'm if I remember correctly, um, and there was a some sort of social media post by the person who did it, saying, um, like talking about the caravans that Donald Trump has been beating the war drums over, and saying that he's quote unquote going in. So like that's a direct cause and effect of some of the rhetoric that we've been hearing from the president. Um,
2: I'm not really surprised. I think, I think you're making a leap to say that wow, Trump is responsible. I think, yeah, Trump's rhetoric is terrible, but to say that he has in some way encouraged this sort of violence against the Jewish people is quite a leap because he moved the uh, embassy to Jerusalem. He's been nothing but like a friend to Israel. And like much of his foreign policy in the Middle East is geared towards either protecting Israel, supporting them militarily, or giving them money. And I, I can't I couldn't find any sort of rhetoric of his that directly points to him himself saying anything negative about Jewish people. I understand that there are dog whistles, but none of none of his dog whistles have even come close to being being like, oh, we should mm. kill Jewish people like I could understand if someone shot up a mosque, then you could make that stretch right. but against Jewish people this person. I, I don't think the the jump is right to say that Trump could be responsible for this shooting.
1: I mean, his son is not his son. Jared his son-in-law, son-in-law is Jewish. Obviously, he doesn't have a huge problem with that. Not that he's been particularly yeah. public. Yes, he's bedded in everything else. But I don't think you can say he's solely responsible for it. But
0: like Donald Trump's like hardcore MAGA base, like the R slash Donald people, don't see like Jared Kushner as being like. Like, they don't see Jared Kushner. There's a there's this weird disconnect where they blame Jews for all the world's problems. Like, the society that this guy was part of, like, the, that is a group of Trump fans who blame the Jews for all of their issues. Mm-hmm. And, like, other political, like, other Republican, like, political operatives have been continuously blaming things on George Soros and, like, saying George Soros is going to buy an election. And so, like his accusation I I mean you're right like there is no very like clear line of relation but I think there's such a commonplace thing of Donald Trump saying that like violence is not bad like saying um, like telling people to hit, like his supporters to hit people at his rallies who are protesting and saying that he supported a politician who body slammed a reporter mm-hmm. and like saying he could shoot somebody in in like Times Square and get away with it like violence is just part of Donald Trump's rhetoric and People hearing that over and over and over again, like the guy who groped a woman on a plane, he was like the president said it was allowed. Like it's it's clear that his like the way he talks is definitely influencing some part of America to do things that are
2: not right. So let's go back to your first point about these the the people on that subreddit, the R Donald and like S. the four chan people. What I've I've had this common gripe throughout this entire trump candidacy and trump presidency is that people have people have put their own beliefs fears and aspirations into a man who does not in any way reflect or encourage those beliefs and so the the crazy people that are saying oh jews are the problem in the world and then they say okay well trump is going to take care of it They've put their beliefs into somebody who does not, in any way, or has never encouraged that sort of thought. Mm-hmm. But he
0: retweets things from accounts who <clears throat> often post things. And during the race, there was a Hillary Clinton poster with a star of David and how much money like she took.
2: So to say that a si- posting something that has a anti-Semitic. connotation, denotation to it is akin to encouraging someone to shoot 11 people in a mosque is a grand leap. Sorry, synagogue. That's a grand leap because that person in some way is sick in the head thinking that Donald Trump would encourage violence. Sure, he's attacked the media, so I can understand that maybe his attacks on the media encourage people to do things, but Mm-hmm. not to encourage violence against the Jewish people. I get that yeah his son will retweet or say things that are clearly dog whistles and other people in the Republican party can tweet dog whistles. But to ascribe your fear and hatred of the Jewish people to Donald Trump is wrong because he's never done that.
0: Okay. But you mentioned something else where the like this would make more sense if it happened to the media. So like the pipe bomb being sent to CNN and all these other Democrats, do you think Donald Trump's like what he said has influenced that?
2: So he calls up the enemy of the people and he says that, oh, they're fake news and he hates them and all that garbage. But again, is is that a far enough leap to say that people should be sending bombs to these media personalities? You yeah, can't
1: blame the actions of mentally ill people on one person because unless he explicitly says like do this, I, which he and hasn't, there's a,
2: and there's a cruel irony to that one because Donald Trump will take acts of terrorism done by someone who is of the Muslim faith and mm-hmm. then go, okay, exactly. this is all, yeah, yeah, I understand. There's a cruel irony to it, but again, it's it kind of seems like a leap to say that Donald Trump is directly encouraging people to send.
0: Bombs. I don't think he's directly encouraging people to send bombs. I think he's encouraging people to be more serious about their hatred for Democrats and for the media.
1: Does he encourage a hateful environment? Yes, one hundred percent.
2: A
0: violent environment.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can you can say that. Oh, okay, he he approved of a guy body slamming a reporter. I we get that Donald Trump says crazy things, and there there might be an element of truth to this. But I still think it's a, a a big leap to to say that what he's saying is encouraging people to do horrendous acts. Because I don't I don't really see in any way or anything that he's done that would encourage somebody to do this or that I could directly point to. If Trump were to say, oh, the media should be wiped out, I could get that. You know, because then you go, oh, wipe out. What do you mean? Oh, just send bombs to people. But I, I don't like think he said there's things similar to that.
0: Do you have proof? Um, Let me. <clears throat> I mean, I can Google all the terrible <laughs> times Donald Trump has said hateful things to the media.
1: I think we should. Um. It's worth looking at the response he gave to the attack on the synagogue. It was very just kind of bland. I mean, that's typical of him, but it was very bland. And then at the very end, he thanked the police officers for the injuries they sustained and how we should also keep them in our minds, equaling that to the people who were killed in the synagogue, Yeah, which is just kind of frustrating.
0: And then for the pipe bomb one, some Republicans are saying that it's fake. So, like, Lou Dobbs, who's a Fox News commentator, went on the air and said that he didn't believe that they were actual bombs. Or he didn't believe—he thought it was a false flag attack. And that's a take that is just insane to me. And even, like, Trump tweeted that the bombs were bad because they were stifling Republican turnout to votes, which was ridiculous to me. Um— and then he, when he gave a speech after in response to the bombs, like, he gave a half ass
2: speech, and then he blamed the media. So, I mean, are you really surprised at this point? No, like I'm not. Like, I mean, that's, that's got to be the question at this point. Are you really surprised that that was his response to both of those issues? I mean...
1: Not surprised, just upset. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. Yeah.
2: It's sad, and you could be upset. But are you really surprised that that was, like, our... I mean... It's terrible, but are you really, like, surprised that he would say that after all the things that he's done and said?
0: This is It's the same response that we saw after the Charleston thing. Um, Yeah. And that was taken by his core base, the people on R slash the Donald, and the people who supported that weird QAnon movement, and the people on 4chan as saying, like, those people think that Donald Trump is giving them the okay for this stuff. Like these are large. I I can pull up like actual four chan posts of people saying like, there there was a website that when Donald said bad on both sides, it was a quoted article that said um, he didn't dismiss us. That means he supports what we're doing. So people take what he's saying, like his lack of like a clear sustained message against violence, as an as a stamp of approval.
1: Okay, but. You took a media law class. You know how the First Amendment works. Like he didn't, he didn't explicitly encourage any of that.
0: No, he he did not encourage a specific event, but in terms of his rhetoric and how he talks, like I'm saying that we should not be surprised that these things keep happening because right. he keeps saying, "Meh, don't do that," or
1: I, yeah, I do think that during this administration, we've at least, in my opinion, I think we've had a more intense, just kind of stressful, hateful environment all around the country and there has been a lot of horrible situations like this and I do think it will continue to happen but happened under Obama, happened under Bush Yeah, you know they're more personal this time around
0: they're more personal and they're more visceral like the guy who sent all the bombs, his Mm -hmm. relative said there was a turning point in him when he went to a Trump rally and after that is when he started going crazy
2: So, again, that's one of those things that people are ascribing their weird ideology and their terrible belief system to a man that doesn't believe in what they're saying. But he doesn't dismiss what they're saying.
1: I do believe he tweeted something saying that this violence is unacceptable and that this is not okay.
0: I I still think that's just lives. It's like at the beginning of his speech when he says, like. We cannot, like, we can't have division in this country and we need to come together. And then he spends the last 10 minutes talking about how bad the media is and how they're the enemy of the state.
1: I think everything he does is going to upset you, Jeremy.
0: I mean, <laughs> I there was a thing he did where I'm like, you know what? He's right. He was talking about taking away tax breaks from Scientologists. And I was like, I'm on board with Trump now. <laughs> like, that was the one thing I, I was on board with him for. Um, okay, so let's... Uh, shift gears a little bit Um, I was reading a lot of articles about people saying that Mitch McConnell is should be like the new blueprint for how Democrats need to combat Republicans and combat Republican victory and I'm so conflicted on whether or not Democrats should stoop to the same level as Republicans effectively so by like gerrymandering which Democrats do packing the courts which Democrats would do if they could Um, although the Republicans like to prevent voting and they take a hell of a lot more corporate money than Democrats. Like, but are there things Democrats can do to like play dirtier and to try and even the playing field? Any, any, <laughs> any idea? Like, how do you feel about that? About the notion of Democrats abandoning the like moral high ground? It seems that they have right now.
2: There is, there should be a noted distinction between doing what Mitch McConnell does in Personally, the Senate. Okay. Okay in terms of him using the senate's rules to favor his own party and yeah. and skirt around proper proce not proper procedure but etiquette and decorum of the senate and then there should also be the distinction to what Re- Republicans have put forward as one of like as probably the most effective strategy to win state and federal legislature seats that has probably ever occurred. Mm -hmm. So to Mitch McConnell, I think that Democrats shouldn't, if they regain power in the next couple of years, just because it just totally breaks down the Senate even more Mm -hmm. to an even worse spot than it is. And it just keeps this cynicism going, which just, keeps continually breaking down the government Mm -hmm. which hurts i don't know it sucks to say it because you know why do some people think why do democrats have to take the high ground but they should if they are really interested in restoring government to like a proper proper functioning position and then on the other side where we're talking about republicans gerrymandering and taking people off voter rolls I think that Democrats shouldn't do that because it breeds even more cynicism and disenfranchisement in regular voters. So if if Democrats were to horribly gerrymander a state like Michigan, you're just going to make people even more upset and more disappointed in the system. Exactly. And that's not good. Whereas if they really want to, Democrats and Good-minded people could support proposal two. I don't. I think I don't it is my mind made up about that one. Proposal two that's on
0: the ballot, let people redraw right
2: re- re- the voting districts. Yeah, yes. let an independent commission that is not partisan favored redraw voting districts. And then there's also proposal three, which is that I think it's anytime you, re- um, anytime you get a driver's license or something, automatic voter registration. Yeah, yeah. it's an automatic voter registration. That's the way to go. Yeah, because. Mm-hmm. That brings more people into the democratic process, makes it easier mm-hmm. for people to vote. And that's what the functioning democracy needs, not mm-hmm. more cynicism and more backpedaling into just bland, unfettered partisan favoritism. Right. Yeah.
1: And that just keeps the cycle going and it'll flip flop again in another few years. And that's just not what we want at all.
2: Okay.
0: The like places like Georgia. Where they're having these huge voter purges, like I think those places are, n- with that type of government, I don't think those places are ever going to have the opportunity, to- opportunity to vote on proposals like our proposal too. And if they do, people who would vote yes on it, I think, would be purged from the voter polls again. Like I don't know, there's I don't know what the
2: solution to that is. Like, so the solution to that is that. Democrats, if they want to win in a state like North Carolina, they obviously need to register more people to vote. So if they get knocked off those voter rolls, the state still notifies people that they've been taken off voter rolls. So it's partially on the duty of the person to resubmit the forms. And Democrats can say, "Okay, we'll set up shop in this neighborhood and we'll help people re-register to vote and do that for them. And then if you're going to take that, oh, just purging voters from from voter rolls is the reason Democrats have lost in southern states. You're kind of living in a fantasy where Democrats have had the perfect candidate, perfect campaigns against their candidates have been pretty shit. So Mm -hmm. so it's Democrats just put up no fight and they can't find any candidate to go against this person that whereas if Democrats instead of just being this horribly narrow-minded small tent that they've kind of built for them right now. The small tent party? Yeah. (laughs) If they they can break out of that and actually run candidates for local issues and actually have a charismatic leader, they could break through that and then start actually – Formulating a plan to to, to take win, back like to you get, can oh. see, you can see that in Florida that Andrew Gillum, he's a really charismatic person. He looks good on camera. He speaks really eloquently, and he's his campaign is doing everything he can to bring voters, put voters back onto the rolls,
0: and he's campaigning. he's one of those high ground Democrats, like respectful and
2: yeah, and he's taken the approach to run just on issues that. People in Florida take want to hear because yeah. mm-hmm. he's going to try and be the governor. He's not trying to run on some national issue,
1: right? Yeah. Okay,
2: so I mean, there's there's a lot Democrats can do. They have just sucked not do, since not yeah. 2010.
0: That. Didn't isn't there a stat like Democrats have lost more uh, seats nationally between like 2008 and 2016 than any party has ever lost before? Yeah, I think
2: that's I think that's the, that's
0: the it's fact. Insane. Um, and then. Didn't you tell me a story about how, um, oh, what's his name? Newt Gingrich and, like, two other Republican operatives, like, sat in a diner after Obama won?
2: That was Obama's first inauguration in 2009, 2009. Um, It was, like, Newt Gingrich, Eric Cantor, Paul Ryan, two other Republican strategists, and then Frank Luntz, who's a Republican, like... Polster strategists essentially and they sat in the diner watching obama's inauguration and apparently all these people were just depressed and sad and they were sitting there and were like we're never going to come back to the majority we're never going to have power in america for like 30 <laughs> years like it's just it's just over because yeah. of how big obama's win was mm-hmm. and how much power democrats controlled in the house and the senate at that point that they came up with a strategy was to just say no to everything. Mm-hmm. That was yep. that was their role, and it. it worked. And yeah, it worked
1: so. really well because
0: <laughs> so, they know, have all of the
2: government. <sighs> now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so you know, Democrats can try and do something like that or find out some strategy that'll work in some way, but they mm-hmm. haven't. Yeah, because They're just stuck. Who yeah. would be
0: in that? Who would be in that diner if they were Democrats?
2: Oh Jesus! It's like Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> Chuck Schumer. Oof, that's uh, just just like Eric Holder. Just the worst people that can't come up with a campaign message or any sort of strategy. Just horrible, like Bernie yeah.
0: Sanders to be there, just yelling nonsensical things at them. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So, um, I don't know what. Is there anywhere you guys want to go that was on the topic list? Or do we want to talk about So, let's talk about this proposal too, cuz maybe you guys can convince me cuz mm-hmm. I'm not sold on it.
2: Okay, so proposal 2 what it establishes is an independent redistricting committee which is comprised of five I think no, I'm sorry, it's four mm-hmm. Republicans, four Democrats and then five independent people that mm-hmm. People can sign up to be on this commission, and they go through a process to be approved. And this commission is given every every ten years when the census rolls around. I think it. I, I think the committee is formed two years before the census, Elections so before, census. so before redistricting. Redistricting only happens every ten years with the census. Mm-hmm.
0: So every oh eight, because census has happened on the.
2: No, in two thousand ten, twenty, thirty, forty. Yeah. So if it's two years before it would happen, like yeah, Twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so this it, year they would have so, to do it. Yes, but I don't think that the proposal sets it up for this. Okay. I I'm I'm not sure on that fact, but so it sets it up, and they have a set amount of money to hire, essentially map drawers, consultants, yeah, legal experts in how to do this and to comply with laws and Supreme court decisions that have been made on how redistricting has to work. And then the committee draws them instead of having political parties, the drawn. state legislature draw them where, so whoever controls the legislature and the governor in on those census years, they get to control it and yeah. they can gerrymander it. Whereas this independent commission can have more fair, even balance to allow for more competition in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're not completely sold on it, there are some, I guess, glitches or problems that have come up because California has a same sort of system, mm-hmm. and California's issue was partially that it drawing the lines over uh, racial racial boundaries because you can't draw districts to cancel uh, a race's like power or vote essentially and you but you can draw to favor those racial minorities and the problem that California ran into is that in creating some of those uh, minority majority districts, they sort of made them completely safe seats. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, but that—that's kind of just how redistricting works. Like yeah. every party does that. Mm. So it's like you're always going to have certain politicians yeah, who will, have safer you seats. You always have safer seats just because cities have more population they tend to lean democratic and you're not going to cut a city in half that's yeah, ridiculous that would be stupid so so that's the kind of the issue that they run into but that's just going to happen but then California's competitive districts are actually some of the they're geographically competitive as well yeah yeah they're geographically competitive ideologically competitive and there is actually like it actually shows a success that these house seats that they draw can actually go back and forth and it's not totally just a complete favoritism. Okay. Right. So so there are some issues with it, but there's also just a a great upside to it. Yeah. That you won't have what well, what Michigan has now where we've got what 9 just completely republican seats that yeah, there's just, no way mm-hmm, to beat them mm-hmm. and then you have four or five democrat seats that you just can't beat them. Yeah. So the, there's there's potentially only an upside to this ballot proposal whereas the downside of just keeping it business st- as usual making it the mm-hmm. same, yeah. is uh, why would why would you leave it? Yeah. If, hmm. if the system doesn't work why would you leave it? Like, at
1: least try something different. See how it goes. Yeah. If it doesn't work out, we'll try something else. That's how it goes.
0: My worry was they're going to have, like, Joe Blow, random dude who has, like, a who works at, like, a truck stop. <laughs> He's, this is my fictional person who's going to mm-hmm. be making the districts. Right. So him and, like, the, is it 10 people in the committee? No, it's uh, four, four, and five. That's
2: 13. Okay, so okay. the 13 people, and they
0: have these advisors. Who do the advisors like apply? Who picks the advisors? What if the advisors are all part of the same political party? Because they those like in that group, the handful of advisors hold a lot of power in educating these people on how how voting districts are supposed to work and educating them on legal precedent and telling them why. Like because they could just totally BS them and just get like we could get similarly stupid results as what we have now and that was my worry but the way you put it like the way seats are set up right now are so bad anything
2: so there's is an, an a, there's an a there's an application process to sit on this commission yeah. for for those five independent people and those people have to go through background checks they i think they can't be registered to any party mm-hmm. and then they can't have a relative who would run in an election yeah and they can't have run yeah, in an election for so, like a
0: six years or something,
2: yeah, so there's so there's some i guess protection against complete political favoritism, yeah, and then, in the terms of the advisors and consultants that you're worried about, they also have to undergo an application process, and then a lot of these people, you're pretty much i you're you're pretty much guaranteed to know who these people work for. There yeah. are, there are obviously Republican lawyers, Democrat, Democratic lawyers that work for the party. But then there's also just other people that understand how redistricting works, mm-hmm. how they should be run, that do just offer support to legislatures when they're doing this, that yeah. they come out of the woodworks and they can work on the commission, and the commission the the permanent staff that's set up for for redistricting, they are not essentially nonpartisan workers that help that help run this.
0: Okay. So this is every proposal on this ballot like driving Democratic turnout? Cause it seems like if Gretchen Mitt were, Gretchen Whitmer wins, <laughs> which she's probably going to, she's ahead by like 12 points and these three proposals pass we could see a very different michigan going forward mm-hmm. like there's going to be a huge difference between michigan like in 2018 and michigan in 2019 if these three proposals the medical marijuana automatic no, it's recreational, recreational marijuana, marijuana. My, mm. i've said medical marijuana for so long my brain just autocorrects and then <laughs> this redistricting and the automatic voter registration this could be a hugely Different state that we live in post 2018. Definitely,
1: much more efficient, I think.
2: It it seems like it'd be a much better Michigan.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent.
2: Because then you have, then you no longer can fix the damn roads. You (laughs) you you fix roads, but then you also have the fact that we will no longer have college students and just regular people being wrapped up in the court system for exactly. like having a small amount of weed yeah that's ridiculous exactly. so for um,
1: any weed at all mm-hmm. yes in the economy would be or like insanely improved
0: yeah if if people are i didn't so in canada legalized recreational mm-hmm. marijuana like mm-hmm. they literally sold out of weed yeah yeah that's what happened yeah. in
2: colorado washington oregon
0: that's gonna be yeah. a hell of a weekend for whatever um college students, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every college student who's like, I got my, I hope people don't get their loan reimbursements and go, I can buy so much weed now. Cause I know people who already do that. And it's,
1: well, I, I think it would be great. Colorado's already made, what is it, like $500 million? Yeah, they had to give money since back since 2014. Mm-hmm. They had to start giving
0: mm-hmm. money back to their citizens because they made so many. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, I was looking at jobs, and I was like, jobs not in Michigan. Like, I was, like, Googling, like, jobs in Maine, just because, like, I... The states is such a... Like, if none of these things pass, and Gretchen Whitmer doesn't get elected, like, I'm moving. Mm. I don't want to be here anymore. Is So, the Proposal 3, that's automatic voter registration?
2: Yeah, it's any time that you have to go to the Secretary of State to to do something with your license, you're just automatically registered to how vote. can anybody possibly be opposed to that
1: i doubt a lot of people will <laughs> yeah there's. A, well, <laughs> it's a pretty common sense it's just like keeping up with modernization and as we advance you know things like that are just gonna probably be like common sense oh yeah we can pass that
2: yeah yeah and i mean anybody who's got a fear out there that they say oh well if you go to the secretary of state and you get a license you're registered to vote or they're, they're be like, oh well, then you can just show up at the polling booth. It's like, yeah, n- no, that's not the way that it works. Like, you still have to show your ID at a polling at a at a polling.
1: I was actually yeah. kind of confused when
0: I went to a polling place and they were like, "Do you have your driver's license?" And I was like, "I, I mean, yeah." I didn't know they were going to ask for it. You didn't
1: think you'd have to have your license. I thought I would have
0: to have some sort of photo ID and like
1: That's your license. They specifically <laughs> But it was weird
0: that they specifically asked for my Can driver's license. Can I use a baby license. picture? No, Jeremy. It's like I have my your college ID. ID. Uh, Can you take my high school ID? Your it's 2016 address is on
1: it.
2: There's there's some states that allow uh college IDs to be
0: used Really, I assume that it was any photo ID that had my name and photo I
1: thought you would need some sort of like proof of where you lived
2: I think I think that's what the people Uh, right I I think that's why they set it up this way because Mm -hmm. a lot of the people that don't approve of automatic registration they're like oh you could just show up with any ID." it's no you still have to show up with your driver's license yeah it's not it's not the issue here. Right.
0: My polling place for primaries also asked me what district I was voting in and I had to google it.
1: I have no idea. So I've have never been asked districts. that voting though. Yeah, yeah I have I one polling place for several no. districts.
0: They're like, are you voting in district 11 or 9? And I was like, I don't.
1: No clue. I was like I need to go <laughs> pull
0: up my address on leagueofwomenvoters.com. So, are you guys voting in Mount Pleasant? Yes. No. 'Cause yep. I would not if I had to vote. So are you? Following? I registered
1: here. I voted here in twenty sixteen and that took me like two hours of mm-hmm. waiting in line because I think we only have one polling place.
0: Yeah, it's like an maybe. elementary school. Oh
1: yeah, it's at one of the elementary schools. Um I'm hoping it'll be shorter this time because I, I have class and then I have to work on election night. As a strainer, so I'm really hoping I can just get in and out. I was
2: supposed to work. You on gotta go like as early as possible. I that's probably will. I
1: honestly, I'll probably just go in the morning. I mean, now that seven, we've had a resolution passed on campus, I think you guys both know about it. But yeah. um, the resolution, oh, it's the name? Campus vote resolution. Mm-hmm. That's the name. So professors are encouraged to let you miss class without penalty and not schedule exams or presentations or whatever. But I don't think only any of my professors
0: yeah. know. About that.
1: I'm sure they know I have a pretty didn't...
0: busy week coming up. They probably <laughs> know about it, but they don't just care. don't care. Yeah.
1: yeah. I don't
0: know. Have you followed the Kristen Brown Roger Huck race in this district? Uh not Hawk? really. No. Okay. So it's it's one of these like super safe seats that you were talking about. Yeah. And there's an ad for Hawk against Hawk by Kristen Brown. The, every ad I've seen for this election is ridiculous and stupid and like boiled down to their most intense like there's a Kristen Brown ad with bright colors and her name and it just says the future is and then it says progressive and then women and then
2: like Oh, yeah, Another. the ones that show up online and yeah. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. they really weird. Yeah, it's just an odd music choice, and then it's just flashing colors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, I've seen those before. I saw an even weirder
0: one from a U.S. taxpayer guy running in the same district, and it was him talking over just a black screen with the words, and then it cut to him standing in front of a green screen that was just white, so they didn't even need to use a green screen, and then like talking over himself, and then it cut back to him talking. It was just the weird, and, like, the logo was kind of off-center. This is the weirdest thing ever. Any college kid here could have made a better ad video than
2: that.
0: <laughs> Anything else you guys want to talk about?
1: Mm, not that I can think of at the moment.
2: Anything to plug? Definitely vote. Vote? Well, yeah, yeah. vote. <laughs> Tuesday, November 6th, vote. You absolutely shouldn't need to.
0: It's a long drive for me to go home and vote, but I think I'm going to have to do it.
1: Yeah, you definitely have to do it. You can't not vote. You can't be, can't be on this podcast and not podcast vote. And
0: not vote. I forgot to mail in my
2: absentee ballot in time. Oh uh, well, that's all. Well, that's you. your fault. Yep. Yeah, it is my fault. <laughs> I'm driving home just because I don't I don't care that much. Yeah, I'm just doing. it. I here. Have, I have one class on Tuesday. So I have well, to lucky dr- you. <laughs> I have to drive home. No, I have a six thirty class,
0: Jesus Christ, and I'm giving a presentation. I might not be able to vote. Mm. Damn. Well, we'll find out next week. What uh so it's Tuesday, the election. So we're going to have it's always f- on Not Tuesday. this
1: coming Tuesday. Yeah, next, next
0: Tuesday. Tuesday. So we're going to have one podcast the day before, or the Two podcast coming before, out the day yeah. before. So we should run down the candidates and the proposals and talk a little bit about that. So people Definitely. can have something to. Sweet. So
2: look forward to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening.
1: Thank you.